He's like, oh, we don't keep our stuff here. And it cuts immediately to them in the van. And she's like, we hide it. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to Recotopia, a happy home for recommended movies, shows, and music from two people you can definitely trust. Trustability varies by region. No guarantee is implied. Now, here are your hosts, Chris Atkinson and Jeremy Scott. Also, I got you a present. No! Mm-hmm. I haven't had time to get you one. It's my body in a sexual situation. Hello, everybody. It's Recotopia episode 35. And yeah, I've got a Leprechaun steelbook with seven movies from the Leprechaun series. No big whoop. <laughs> That'll be important later. No, it won't. No, it won't. It won't be important at all. Forget you said, forget you heard that. Um, uh, I'm Chris Atkinson. I'm Jeremy Scott. I'm still laughing about the leprechaun. Um, uh, yeah, so uh, today uh, the big recommend is going to be spontaneous. Uh, mm. And uh, I had a weird experience watching this movie. Like, this is a weird, like, thing. Like, I think spontaneous was free on Prime a long time ago. And then, okay. and then, and then I realized I had to rent it because it's, it's, it, apparently real good said it was on paramount plus but it's not and oh. and then oh. and then uh, and i was like typing it in and they're like what do you want you want ncis 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 i've got ncis for you uh but then i i bought spontaneous and it c- took me straight to the credits where i had cut it off the last time i watched it oh wow so like wow. that was a weird thing i know you i saw remember it for free the- first time <laughs> remember where you were but we're going to make you pay to get back to that <laughs> yeah. point in the credits again. That's wild. Um, That's wild. <clears throat> anyway, how are you, is everybody doing today in the chat? People watching us on a Tuesday uh, before this uh, gets released. And man, everybody is just hammering the comments today. I even saw yeah. a comment. I even saw a comment from uh, J.C. Davis saying, do you think the Titans have, it, have pulled it together? No, they have not pulled it together. They are. They don't look very good, and they're three and two, and they may even win the division, but they look like shit. Um, <laughs> <laughs> this is a spicy show already. It is a spicy show already, but uh, glad to see everybody here, and um, uh, can't wait to get into it. Do you have any recommends? Some small recommends, Jeremy? It's no big deal. It's so small and light. It's small. It's tiny. It's petite. It's wee. I do. Um, the one that I'm uh, going to start with is a movie called Logan Lucky. Ooh, um, yes. From 2017. I'm so happy you um, finally saw this. Oh, man. I am too. This is one of those movies that Chris has recommended to me, but I have just never gotten around to watching. And then the, the way that my life cycle works, sometimes a movie will just come back onto the library of HBO or Showtime or something. And then it'll be constantly playing. Mm -hmm. And so now I've seen Logan Lucky like two and a half times in the last week and a half, two weeks. Um, This movie's so much fun. Mm -hmm. Um, Everybody is playing a little bit against type to a certain degree. Um, And uh, it's about a a heist uh, at a NASCAR race that requires one man to get himself put in prison so he can recruit uh, James Bond to Mm -hmm. help... Um, break out of prison to pull off the heist, then break back into prison so as to look completely innocent of the heist. Um, This is Soderbergh doing Ocean's Eleven in the Mm Mid-South, basically. And just like those movies, it has no interest in explaining to you at the time what the heist is is completely about. Mm-hmm. It's one of these things that you you always know, I'm going to catch up to this a little bit further down the road. There's always something going on that you're not aware of that comes back in a reveal later. It's a very ridiculously convoluted heist that is still somehow almost believable, mm-hmm. uh, at least in some regards. 
Um, <clears throat> Channing Tatum is in this. Um, <clears throat> let me pull this up. Oh, I don't have it up. Um, <clears throat> anyway, uh, the cast is great. I'm blanking on all the names. Yeah, you have uh, Adam Riley, Driver, Channing Tatum, Adam Daniel Driver. Craig, uh, Hillary Swank, uh, Riley, Riley Keough. Keough? Riley Keough. Yeah. Um, and uh, <clears throat> it's just really quirky, fun, unexpected, um, and it's just Soderbergh in his wheelhouse. Uh, I think there's a surprise just, Katie Holmes in this, too. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, surprise Katie Holmes. Mm-hmm. Sudden West Bentley. Yeah, um, yeah. <clears throat> Anyway, if you, like me, had missed this movie and had been holding off or whatever whatever reason, find it, watch it. It's really good. It's a really fun time. It's breezy. You'll want to go back to it again and again. Mm. So, All right. Mm. Cool. Logan, lucky. Yeah, I would second this recommend. I loved this movie. Um uh, all right, so I've been I've been trying to watch some of these horror movies uh for October. Uh, so, uh, I saw the sequel to VHS, VHS two to be exact. Um, mm. the first VHS was fun. Uh, you'll look at the IMDB on these. Look, when you go and look at horror movies, you're typically going to get very low ratings and there's, there's, that's a definite phenomenon going on with the IMDB and ratings. So like mm. you see something that's like five point something, that's like a seven point something. If you like horror movies, um, but uh, the first VHS was a lot of fun, and this one I think is maybe better than the the original. It's got uh, it's got uh, segments directed by Adam Wingard and Eduardo Sanchez from the Blair Witch Project, uh, and Gareth mm. Evans is on this as well, along with Simon Barrett. Um, uh, some pretty well-known commodities and there are, um, there are, this is just like the, the original VHS where somebody goes into a room and there's a whole bunch of TVs with like the static on it and everything and like tapes everywhere and people are popping in the tapes and they're watching these tapes that appear to be snuff films of some sort but you know there's always this kind of, you know, uh, supernatural to it or whatever, um, and uh, and this one goes through a variety of variety of different kinds of horror things. There's one that's just a walk, like somebody just uh, taking a bike ride through a park, and then sudden zombies are everywhere. Uh, there's uh, there's another one where there's uh, these uh, the parents have left a house, and there's the kids are left uh, left alone at the house, and uh, this uh, alien invasion happens while they're while they're while they're there. Uh, the center piece of vhs2 though is the gareth evans uh section of it i will warn you that uh this does have your trigger in it although they do kind of like put some static over the video when these things happen Mm. um so you don't so it's not like all it's not super graphic but the 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 episode that gareth evans directs is graphic don't get me wrong there's a lot of blood and gore in uh in this one but the gareth evans one is about a uh a cult these reporters want to talk to this uh religious institution that they believe is a cult and the cult leader is going to allow them inside the inside the uh the grounds to film uh all this stuff of course when the reporters get the when the documentary front film crew gets there uh, they find out that they're going to be part of the proceedings uh, more than uh, they're actually going to be able to shoot an actual documentary or anything. And things get mm. fucked up fast in that one. <laughs> um, uh, so uh, that one's uh, that, that VHS 2 is really fun if you like the first VHS. If you like anthology type of horror uh, movies where it's just you know very quick segments all the way through i think you would like this one um and and you get to see you get to see some uh some pretty cool directors do their thing uh for some shorts uh and everything and this movie's got some good stuff in it i would highly recommend i do believe and patrick is saying they just made vhs 99 i don't know if that's what it's called but there's like a new vhs anthology either out now or coming in the next couple of weeks mm. um and uh, I guess if you like those movies, um, more <laughs> he, says, he says, I think the next installment of VHS will be called DVD. Maybe, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. The uh, thing with him is you can't ever tell if he's being serious. That's true. That's true. 
Well, if if they did want to do it that way, they'd put the slashes through it. The D slash V slash D. Yes. Mm-hmm. D D slash. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to go off book. Uh, sorry to our uh, producer. Uh, my second small recommend is a movie from uh, the mid '90s that uh, my buddy Josh and I fell in love with called Beautiful Girls. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> this has a, a great cast. It does. Uh, You've got um, Matt Dillon, Timothy Hutton, Noah Emmerich, Annabeth Gish, Lauren Hawley, Rosie O'Donnell, uh, Martha Plimpton, Michael Rappaport, Uma Thurman, Mira Sorvino, mm-hmm. uh, and Natalie Portman in a role that if you have not seen this movie, when if you ever do, you'll realize why she's a star. Mm-hmm. Um, she steals this completely. Uh, she plays a young teenage girl who lives next door. Uh, Timothy Hutton's a piano player from the big city, and he comes home to this small town, and I think it's around Christmas time. Um, and uh, he's just really unhappy with his life um, in general. He's kind of blase about everything. And the visit just ultimately uh, rejuvenates him to want to grow up and be an adult and get back to living life. Uh, but before he gets there, uh, he meets young Natalie Portman, the next door neighbor at his old house, and kind of starts to fall for her a little bit yeah the movie the movie doesn't shy away from i would say yeah it toes the line uh yeah but i think it also recognizes that there are people like timothy hutton who realize that there's there's no future there yeah but wishes they could be younger you know could be a younger person that kind of thing that I it it's it's where's that's it's hazy right so yeah you know. well I mean one of his friends even calls him out and says dude she was a zygote was one of the best. when you were you know graduating <laughs> high Noah school or whatever says that to him it's so funny <laughs> um, all of his friends have their own dramas going on whether it's cheating on their spouses or wanting an ex girlfriend back Rosie O'Donnell plays this wisecracking member of the group who just serves acerbic commentary on everybody else's lives around her Mm -hmm. um it's just a really really solid ensemble piece about friendship and love and life and it will either make you love or hate um a particular neil diamond song um it made me made me (laughs) love it i loved it yeah because of Um, they sing sweet caroline in this a bunch Mm -hmm. uh but anyway uh if you've never uh checked it out uh, and you come across it. Uh, let me see if it's anywhere. Oh, hey, you can watch it on Paramount Plus. Yeah, uh, Ted Demi directed uh, that movie, and uh, uh, brother of Jonathan Demi. None, uh, neither of them are with us any longer. To, yeah. uh, uh, but he, Ted Demi, was taken far too soon. Uh, yeah, he was he, thirty-eight. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, I, I I haven't seen Beautiful Girls in forever. But I do. But I was at a theater that played this, and I was constantly watching it uh, when we had it. Um, uh, continuing uh, with the horror, uh, stuff that I was watching, I, I wanted, uh, since I've become a big fan of uh, Pearl and X, I went to look at Ty West's earlier, uh, films and he did another one Ooh. called house of the devil, uh, which, um, is, uh, an interesting horror movie. It's really interesting cause, I could tell. I could probably reasonably tell you that nothing happens in this movie until the last ten, fifteen minutes. <laughs> um, and does that mean that it's not worth watching? That this is just boring or anything like that? No, far from it. Because the constant, the constant, like uh, trying to figure out what's going on really drives this. And and I feel hmm. like. I feel like Ty West may have looked at this script and it may have been a shorter thing at first. And this is only an hour and a half, but I I get the sense that he's like, I don't want to tell people what's going on in this thing in midway, because if I tell you midway, what's going on, what am I going to fill the rest of this movie with basically? And that's how I think he ended up, uh, ended up making this because, because most movies, Hollywood movie, would not be made this way like a studio movie would not be made this way they would tell you hmm. in the first 30 minutes oh shit 
this is what's going on in the house. Now you can see the title, so you know kind of what's going on in the house. Uh, but uh, this is uh, uh, an actress by the name of Jocelyn Donahue, who I had not seen in anything before. Um, she uh, she is about to rent an apartment that's like three hundred dollars a month or something like that. This is in nineteen eighty three. Um, and, uh, she needs to get a job to pay for it. The, uh, the, uh, the real estate agent played by D Wallace is like, I will just let you have this apartment, uh, without deposit or anything. And you remind me of my daughter and all this other stuff. So, okay. She still needs to get money for rent and all that. So she answers this ad for a babysitting job. And, uh, the, the job, the, the guy on the other end of the line is played by Tom Noonan. And uh, he does a lot of weird stuff at the beginning. Like he, she calls from a payphone about this job and leaves a message, and then starts walking away. And then the payphone rings, and it's him. And he's and she's like, "How'd you get this number?" And he doesn't say anything. He just says, oh, "I just uh, you know, I need you to meet me at this place or whatever afterwards, and then uh, we'll talk about the job." But then he like strangely stands her up and doesn't and and uh isn't there for the job interview or whatever uh uh she talks about this with her friend played by greta gerwig who's in this movie mm. um <laughs> and uh eventually uh things come back around to to the point where she the the guy calls her back and she's a she he wants her to be this babysitter and uh, she's like, okay. So Greta Gerwig's like, I'd like to come along with you and and stay with you for the, through this. It's like four hours of work. Um, so they go out to this house way out into the country, and Tom Noonan uh, basically drops the bomb that this isn't a babysitting job at all. This is a job to watch after my elderly mother, who you won't have to do anything for. She's just going to be up in her room. And you're just here if she needs something, and that's it. She probably won't even ask for anything. Um, so it's really strange off the bat. Why would you do all of this? And uh, and so, like, yeah, so, like, this movie is a lot of uh, Jocelyn Donahue walking around in the house and looking at stuff and being like, huh, this is – what is this house? What is what are we, we're just kind of walking through it, sitting down, trying to call people, trying to do all the stuff, and then finally the movie has it's like it's there is one thing I don't want to spoil what happens. There is one thing that happens in this movie, but it's another one of those things. It happens about thirty to forty minutes in the movie, and you're like, uh, you're like, oh, holy crap, that just happened, and then you'll be spending the rest of the movie going, what was why what what was that? What was that all about? No. <laughs> and 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 it doesn't come back up until much later. So oh, um, it's a really interesting movie. I can't tell you that it's like, oh boy, this is the best horror movie I've ever seen in my life or anything. It's just I think I think a lot of horror fans would love this. So mm. uh Hass of the Devil, mm. Ty West, if you like the you know, if you if you weren't trying to get into a filmmaker who seems to be going places, this is one of his his early ones. That's awesome. Sounds good. All right. Um, so uh, are we ready for the big recommend? I'm fine. I'm fine. It's just that you're so big. It's so huge. It's a good rule, but this is bigger than rules. It's bigger on the inside. Is it? I noticed. A biggie, biggie. Spon spon spontaneous. <laughs> um, <clears throat> I, uh, I adore this movie. Uh, it might be the single bloodiest movie that I adore. Um, and... A lot of it uh, rides on the shoulders of, of Catherine Langford, uh, who plays Mara, uh, the main character. Um, and she's very winning right off the bat with her <laughs> sarcastic. Sorry, what? I think we should get this House of the Devil graphic off while we're talking about spontaneous. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Um, uh, anyway, she opens with a pretty witty little narration that kind of rapidly guides you into her world as a student sitting in front of her in class explodes mm. um, spontaneously combusting if you will mm. um and it's a pretty overt metaphor for adolescence 
Uh, there's even a line in there somewhere where someone says, can we get to graduation before we explode? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think hormonally, oh, that is every teenager mm-hmm. in high school. Yeah. Um, so this is taking that to a little extreme. Um, and no one knows why she exploded. Uh, her clothes didn't explode. Um, <clears throat> just her body, her skin, and turned to a blood-ready ready pulp. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, <clears throat> So, of course, this is very shocking and surprising, and everyone in town is concerned. Uh, but then another person explodes mm-hmm. at a football game. Mm-hmm. Uh, <clears throat> uh, and eventually enough people explode that, like, the president knows what's going on and the National Guard is on standby, what have you. But what we're really watching here is the coming-of-age slash love story between Mara and Dylan. Um, <clears throat> Dylan is uh, another kid in her class that until this explosion, um, she's never noticed. She's never paid much attention to. Uh, But he likes her. He's got a crush on her. Because his fellow students um, are exploding now, he's like, well, what have I got to lose? I might be dead tomorrow. I might as well tell my crush that I like her. He does this anonymously at first by sending her pictures of people named Richard, Mm -hmm. calling them dick pics, Mm -hmm. um, which is funny and also... Way back five, six years ago, maybe even longer, I used to tweet dick pic mm-hmm. and then a picture of like Andy Dick or uh, somebody. So yeah. uh, that joke that joke is close to my heart. Yeah. Um, the, and then the next day, he goes to the cafe where she and her best friend are and just walks up and asks to join them. And through a few awkward exchanges, she realizes, oh, you're the dick pic guy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a really odd exchange that I love where the best friend says, you sent her dick pics? And he goes, ooh, no, that would be gross. And Mara says, he sent me pictures of Richards. And the friend goes, that's even worse. And Dylan goes, why would that be worse? And it just, it, they leave that moment alone and move on. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, she has taken um, some shrooms. Uh, she wants Dylan to hold her hair while she throws up in the bathroom. And that begins their, that's their meet, meet cute. Mm. Um which is perfect for a movie where people are exploding. Yes. Um, and they start to flirt and get to know each other, end up at the football game, which you know, she would normally not want to go to and he would normally not want to go to, but they're making new choices in light of the explosions. And uh, one, one of the players on the field, right, right on the edge of the field, explodes. Everybody freaks out, starts running. <clears throat> and eventually the kids end up essentially abducted uh, by government agents Mm -hmm. and um there's a really funny montage of them being intake interviewed um (laughs) and they're forced to live in this tent uh and it's quite a while they even show a scene at one point where they're giving them thanksgiving turkey they're in there for weeks and weeks yeah um and her bond with dylan only strengthens and there's another funny montage of them taking pills as they try different cocktails of medicine to cure whatever this disease is that's causing teenagers at this one school to explode. Uh, It's humorous to me that the authorities treat this as a disease since it's so localized. It's clearly not being caused by a disease. And Mm. yet the movie ultimately says it is. Mm. Um, And uh, they finally get a pill that works and uh, everybody's let free and everybody's rejoicing and she consummates her relationship with Dylan. Um, she gives him a beautiful birthday present uh, connected to his childhood memories. Um, and everything's starting to look up. Her parents got a Christmas tree, which she loves. They give her a weed vape pen. Uh, and they're like, we know you smoke weed. You're terrible at hiding it. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, <clears throat> they, end, they make him go back to school. And uh, sure enough, Somebody explodes again, and in that particular scene, about half the people explode as they're running from whatever. Mm-hmm. They, it's curious. I guess it's a natural human reaction to just take off running whenever something really scary is happening. But there seems to be a thought in their mind that we have to get away from the school yeah. to, to not explode, even though we've already seen somebody explode out in a country road on in a truck yeah. at this point. So anyway... Um, <clears throat> Eventually, um, and in a very shocking, sad moment, um, Dylan, her boyfriend, explodes in front of her. Mm -hmm. And the movie then does 
a pretty good depiction of trauma and depression. Um, she turns into a zombie. She doesn't want to move. Her dad comes into her bedroom to ask if she's okay, and her blanket, which contains her inside of it, just slides off the bed and under the bed. Uh, her friend comes to talk to her, and she won't open the door. She just lays under her bed for days and days and days at a time. When she finally does decide to join life again, so to speak, uh, it's not a healthy version of joining life. She goes, she dives straight into alcoholism. Um, there is a funny scene where she's making a cocktail um, and you don't, you think she's just talking to the camera because she has done that several times. And then it turns around and shows she's making this cocktail for her dad. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> And then she pulls it back from him and drinks it herself. And he says, I'm not prepared to deal with this. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> the movie has a lot to say about a lot of things. And I think most of it lands. It has a lot to say about being a teenager, about love, about authority overstepping their bounds, about information being kept from people, about how hard it is to parent teenagers. Um, that's why I love this movie so much. It's, it, it is genre hopping so much it manages to accomplish a half a dozen themes uh, in a successful way. Um, she goes to, they decide to combine prom and graduation. Yeah. <laughs> for some reason. <laughs> yeah. Um, and she goes there and there's a hilarious scene where she starts pouring alcohol into the punch bowl and looks up and there's two teachers right there. And they're like, are you kidding me? And mm. she just stares him down <laughs> while she pours the rest of the alcohol in there. And then she picks up the entire punch bowl and walks <laughs> away to drink it herself. Um, when she gets her uh, d degree, her diploma, um, she goes on an ill-advised apology rant, eventually blaming herself for being the curse that caused all these people to blow up, which, you know, she's not, but uh, they the students had come to believe that, that she might be the cause. Uh, and she walks off stage. The very next girl getting her diploma says, no, it's my fault. I wasn't a good enough Christian. Mm -hmm. And that's why people are exploding. Mm -hmm. And Mara goes, boo, sit down, whore. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Catherine Langford is hysterical mm -hmm. in this movie. Yes, yeah, she is. Um, eventually, she has a moment with uh, Dylan's mom. Uh, it's, it's a weird moment. They're laying on his grave. Uh, but uh, she comes away from that determined to live life. Before that, her, her friend accuses her with a line that I love. She says, you just want to stop existing until you stop existing. Mm -hmm. When that's what she's describing her alcoholism, her zombie-like state. She just, you, you want to stop living before you stop living. Um, she decides that she's not going to do that. She is going to live her life. Maybe she will explode the next day. She doesn't know. Yeah. Um, and eventually she and her friend... Uh, decide to go live in this beach house together, which was their dream as little girls. And uh, the first time I watched this movie, I really did expect uh, her to explode mm -hmm. uh, at the end of the movie. Not because I wanted her to, but because it just felt like the kind of movie that might do that. I'm really glad she didn't mm -hmm. because the main message of the movie is live your life. Live it. Like, you might stop existing tomorrow. Yep. Um, and so if they had killed her at the end with an explosion that might have been a quote-unquote funnier ending, but it would have undercut uh, the message of the film. Um, I have a lot more to say, but let's pause here and see what Chris thought this time through once he finally was able to, to get it on Amazon Prime. Yeah, the, uh, the that tonal shift is weird, right? Like, you either are going to really dig that or you're going to uh be like oh but i loved all the funny stuff that was happening in the first hour and everything and it's weird right like it it's almost like it's easy to uh laugh and everything with when you have somebody to laugh with she has her best friend and her boyfriend this entire time is able to like laugh about all this because they're not exploded. They're, you know, right. they're perfectly fine. But then once it happens to one of them, it changes everything and it kind of kind of puts things in perspective and uh, it's I think it's an interesting choice because your movie's not going to be as fun as it was before then, 
but is also right. exploring a different thing that you want to explore. So I, I, I've wrestled with whether or not it's a good choice. I think ultimately it is, uh, just because it's just, it's one of those things where like, I think, I think, uh, it's, it's, it just shows what it's like, what you can, you're sitting there laughing and, you know, having a good time and, and sort of ignoring everybody else's misery, uh, during this until it happens to you is, is sort of the, sort of the thing that I get from that. But, um, there are so many moments in this, the first, the, when I first watched this, the thing that stood with me the most was Catherine Langford hissing at Dylan when he walks in. Um, uh, (laughs) he, he walks in and he's, he's, he's telling the story about when he first, uh, sort of started getting a crush on her and he noticed her as he walked into the classroom and uh and uh, and she's like turned around talking to her buddy and then she come and she turns around and sees him and she does this you know <laughs> and it's, uh, it it's amazing and then um the the scene that made me die laughing the most was after they get taken by the the people in suits they're in that like that cellophane tent and they're doing that et elliot et <laughs> and they show the like the the person who's overseeing this and she's just kind of like looking at it like you know she's like you, you guys are not taking this seriously are you um uh but uh yeah, and I, I that part too where so the one guy on the the football player uh, is the second guy to explode, and they they've been they've been doing this thing with their names where it's like we love cocks, and uh and then it's like they have their names on their back where they where they spell that out, and one of them explodes, and like later on at the assembly, the 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 I guess the quarterback or whatever is like he's like he came out to us in middle school. And we and and we were we were good we were good with it because we're progressive like that. <laughs> and, 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 um, we're doing this for our bros. Yeah, we're doing this for our bros. Um, uh, but yeah, it uh, Catherine Langford. I we had seen her before and stuff like Knives Out and and uh, and she's fine in Knives Out. But this is a true star making performance and i was looking at the imdb and i'm like nobody seems to either she's like going off and doing other stuff or doing plays or something like that or hollywood's just (laughs) whiffing on (laughs) putting her in as many things as possible right now because um i i think this is like tone perfect uh performance on her part uh on this uh so yeah i really really liked this the first time i I super like it the second time um uh yeah this is this is this is good this is really good stuff i love all the little jokes like the, the thing that sold me on the movie the first time i was watching it is early on they go to the funeral for that first girl who died and the crying dad peels off the stick figure decal off the back of his SUV mm-hmm. where there's a stick figure for every member of his family and mm-hmm. I died. Mm-hmm. And then characters keep referring to that and saying, I always wondered what happened when somebody yeah, dies. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. They actually pull one yeah. of those off and it's so morbid. Mm-hmm. But um, even in the end, she's she's giving the monta- monologue about, you know, the Big Bang happened for no reason, or maybe it was God. I don't know. But mm-hmm. then a meteor hit the earth at the exact worst possible spot, and it shows the T-Rex <laughs> looking up, and he goes, fuck, man. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's a movie, even even after the tonal shift, the movie still has humor, like mm-hmm. the, the making the cocktail and spiking the punch and the dinosaur. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, it's... It's gallows humor at that point. Uh, mm-hmm. After that switch, even the um, even the drug dealers have their moments in this too. Like I, I thought it was funny where that she goes over to their uh, house or trailer or whatever, and she's going to buy all the drugs that they have, and like, and they're like, and she's and the the one girl's like. It's like, oh, we don't keep our stuff here. And it cuts immediately to them in the van. And she's like, we hide it. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of awesome cuts. There's that one moment where uh, 
the the I can't tell if she's a teacher or an FBI CIA lady, but she says to Mara, you know, prepare for the worst or plan for the plan for the, hope for the best. And then it cuts to Mara saying to Dylan, prepare for the worst. Yeah. And it's a completely different scene. Yeah. Uh, but the dialogue bridges. There's a couple different moments where the movie does that. It's really uh, confident. This is Brian Duffield mm-hmm. who made this. Uh, so he, as a writer, he wrote uh, Underwater uh, and Love and Monsters. Yeah. Um, and he's had a couple screenplays that were on the blacklist that Hollywood you know, best 10 unproduced screenplays. Uh, they vote for that every year. So uh, he's got a bright future as far as I'm concerned. I want to keep an eye on what he's doing. I don't think he directed all of those movies. No, I don't think he did. But uh, <clears throat> anyway, um, I'm glad you enjoyed it even more the second time. I, yeah. It, every time I watch it, it moves up my all-time ranking a little bit. Um, it just, it's... I'm going to say something that's going to be contradicted in just a few minutes, but there's no movie like it. Mm. Um, mm. <clears throat> of um, course. Go ahead. <laughs> no, I was going to say, of course, you are charged this week with coming up with a double feature for it. All right. Uh, and, one one uh, more thing before we get into the double feature, but um, one thing that I can't think the movie might have been able to do a little bit more of is to allow Tess, played by Haley Law, uh, her mm. best friend, to be a little mm. bit more involved in that third act and yeah i know that i know that mara does all this stuff that you know makes that that drives them apart and that makes sense but i kind of wished considering since once mara gets the boyfriend she starts to get pushed into the background a little bit more uh, that she could have come back and been more of a saving grace, but that would have maybe uh, undercut the great scene in that cemetery with uh, Dylan's mom. Uh, yeah. Uh, so, so maybe maybe it was uh, the right choice to kind of push her aside. But I wanted to see her more in this because uh, uh, she starts off strong in this too. Like this is like a great best friend and everything, and then she kind of gets pushed to the side. So I was kind of hoping yeah, she would see more. She's great in the movie. She's, I, I think a lot of the performances are really outstanding, but she's really, you believe their friendship, you know, has lasted for years. It's, uh, they both do a really good job. I'm looking at Brian Duffield, and his next movie in post-production is called No One Will Save You, and it stars Caitlin Deaver. Mm. And <laughs> the summary is an exiled, anxiety-ridden homebody must battle an alien who's found its way into her home. Of course. Yes. So uh, I'll be all over that whenever that comes out. Uh, Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. Now let's uh, double feature this thing. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Be very, very quiet. Secret? What secret? Our dirty little secret. I tell you something I've never told anyone. Okay. Uh, I'm seeing some really good choices in the comments, but uh, mm. I'm going to go with a pretty pretty stark tonal shift on this one and go with a movie that Jeremy has mentioned on this podcast. The Fallout mm. is what Ooh. I would uh, double feature this movie with. Uh, Jenna Ortega uh, in a high school where there's been a mass shooting and then the af- the you know as the title uh suggests the fallout from that which is similar to what mara goes through in mm-hmm. this movie um mm-hmm. so um so uh, i uh i i was i i i, I like that as a as a as a potential double feature the there's some great ones here in the uh in the in the comments tucker and dale versus evil which has got that same kind of like uh, comedy oh, yeah. gore type of thing. Warm Bodies is another pretty good one. Uh, so, um, so yeah, uh, I would, I would. Those are those are definitely great choices. So the Fallout, it's such a gut punch of a movie. It's, Jenna Ortega is a sudden star. Like mm-hmm. she went from nowhere on my radar 
to in like five movies everybody's raving about, and yeah. she looks awesome in this Wednesday Adams show <laughs> yeah. that Tim Burton is doing. Yeah. Um, so maybe that's why Catherine Langford isn't getting work. It's all it's all going to Jenna Ortega. But um, yeah, I'm, I love that pick. I love the Fallout. It's mm-hmm. uh, it's uh, not as funny. <laughs> no, <laughs> but um, definitely a great double feature. Yeah. Good pick. All right. All um, right. Now we have to explain to the people what this <laughs> week's homework is all about. Oh, my God. Um, all right. So there is a new album coming out from a buddy of ours. You have heard some of his his tunes on uh, the beginning of this podcast and on our last podcast. Um, and they're coming and he and Solemn Brigham are coming out with Marlowe 3 uh in what is it a week or two it's a week from the um, time this gets i think yeah, this gets published like the, maybe yeah um, it's late october october 20 something uh, so you can already pre-order it so it's larange and solemn brigham will be here uh um to uh we're going to interview them about the album of course uh and uh we're going to recommend that because the first two marlows are amazing and the first uh, single off this one uh, <laughs> called Past Life is one of the best songs I've ever heard. In my life. Absolutely. Uh, so, yeah. Um, so looking forward to that. Now, we gave them the opportunity to uh, uh, give you next week's homework. And Solemn Brigham himself has recommended Leprechaun 3. Okay, so I, I said we're doing horror movies this month, um, and so what, what you, one of you guys want to recommend a horror movie, and Laurent said, well, you know, Solomon really loves horror. Um, I'm not as into it, so I'll let him pick. Um, he'll probably choose one of the Leprechaun movies. And then, like, ten minutes later, he was like, yep, chose Leprechaun 3, the one in Las Vegas. Yes, yes. <laughs> and, uh, and so um, I, look, I don't know anything. I've seen the first Leprechaun, and that's it. I am excited to watch Leprechaun Three. I I hope. I mean, look. Even if it's bad, I think we're gonna have fun with this. Oh so, yeah. Oh yeah. So uh, so uh, I'm looking forward <laughs> to it. We're gonna have a we're gonna have an interesting show next week. We're gonna be interviewing them, and we're gonna be big recommending Leprechaun Three. <laughs> At least you know what what's gonna happen is we're gonna let Solemn speak for himself on this one. And if I don't like it, it doesn't matter. We're gonna let exactly. his excitement of this movie come through, and 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 he'll explain why he loves this so much. So oh, man. I'm looking forward to this like you can't believe. <laughs> Me too. Um, and you people need to know, according to the internet, this movie is on Peacock. Um, so if you have Peacock, you won't have to pay to rent it. It is available to rent on mm-hmm. all the other major streaming services. I don't think you need to watch the first two. I saw that one asked over in the comments. Yeah. Um, although my I guess am is... personally probably going to watch part two just before I watch this. Mm-hmm. I uh, I will probably not. I want the randomness of. I saw the first Leprechaun twenty years ago, so I don't. You even know remember what? You're it, right. But. I probably won't watch two, so they can just get right into this. And if there's something that was explained in the first two, screw it. Screw uh, it. Solemn can explain it. <laughs> yeah, us. exactly. So, uh, oh man, so that's that's <clears throat> how we'll go about that. Um, oh, it's gonna be so much fun. Anyway, are we uh, ready for some questions? <laughs> Let's do some questions. Mm-hmm. Question. Question. I got something to say. I want the truth. I am listening. Um, <clears throat> sorry of spoilers, Apathy says, but Jennifer Aniston does not show back. Yeah. Well, I didn't expect <laughs> that she did. All right, questions. A recent question asked about things in movies that bother you because they you are an expert or well-versed in them. Flip it around and give us movies that did a great job portraying something obscure that you are well-versed in or an expert in. Um, I would consider movie projection to be obscure enough that, you know, uh, to see it in, in, in movies is, a, is, a, is going to be a rare thing. It's always fun when a movie gets into a projection booth um uh, like inglorious bastards did and like uh you know uh fight club did and everything but 
if you want to uh, see a love letter to movie projection, it's Cinema Paradiso. The uh, oh, uh, yeah. the you know it was a foreign language film winner in nineteen eighty eight, eighty seven, eighty six, somewhere around there. Um, and uh, it's a great movie, but it also it also like goes through a lot of different like projection things in it um and uh and uh so and i think you know and i i'm not even familiar with this kind of projection that they're doing back in this day like i wasn't a big i i I did a reel to reel one time in my Mm. life uh and it wasn't even a, a, a true one that they did back in the day but them running the nitrate film, which you're going to be very uh, uh, familiar with from *Inglorious Bastards*, they're running nitrate film in *Cinema Paradiso*, um, stuff like that. Uh, but just see, like there's there's parts in there where the guy, the the main projectionist, is uh, loses his uh, loses his eyesight, and he's up in the projection booth, and the kid he's been who's been up there like training with him or just learning stuff by watching him uh has started a movie up and he and the and the main projectionist guy's like it's uh it's it's out of focus and he's like and the guy looks out there and he's like and sure enough it's blurry on the screen he's like how did you know that he's like well it's it's uh it's something about how the film is moving you know he's he's basically saying that that cinema paradiso is fantastic i would just recommend it on in general but that's uh, the answer to my question no that's a great movie i love Mm. that movie um I uh I had this is not my answer. I had Hot Tub Time Machine on yesterday as I was doing shit on the computer, and the scene near the end where uh, Craig Robinson um, plays um, "Let's Get It Started" in here. Mm-hmm. Um, I forget the name of that group. Um, <clears throat> oh, uh, anyway. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah, God. Now, now uh, Black Eyed Peas. Yeah, Black Eyed Peas. Um, like, geez, that should have been easy. Um, and there's just the guys behind him, quote unquote, playing the guitar. There's no care given whatsoever to even remotely look like they're playing the guitar, mm-hmm. which is maybe in that movie intentional. I could buy that. Um, but I've always been really impressed with the, the four main actors in that thing you do, um, because at Tom Hanks's request, they all went to like a two or three month musical instrument boot camp so that they could look authentic while mm-hmm. playing these instruments that their characters play. And I think it pays off. I think in the movie, you you believe pretty rapidly that Steve Zahn is playing that guitar because he is. He's, play, he's making the right chords. He's strumming on the right downbeats. Um, and so we, anybody that ever does anything like that, like Ryan Gosling learning to play for La La Land for that really complicated piano piece, mm-hmm. uh, that stuff always stands out to me because... I play musical instruments and it's often almost always lazily done mm-hmm. oh yeah definitely even um, I, like i said even i when i'm not even a instrument guy haven't ever played i've only played briefly on some instruments in my life but you can tell a lot of times they're not playing some of that some of that crap yeah. so any good uh answers to that question in the comments um no. Mr. Robot, <laughs> Mr. Robot does a good job showing actual coding and not your typical. Uh, uh, there's a, there's one higher hacking. up. Uh, Met says that uh, Talladega Nights has more realistic racing in it than Days of Thunder, and then <laughs> and then and then gives another comment to say Days of Thunder sucks. Yeah, yeah, it does. <laughs> it does indeed. Um, uh, 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 JC says, I'm trying to think of a good example. Chernobyl comes to mind as while I'm not an expert on nuclear reactors, it does a great job with the gravity of the situation. Yes, absolutely. Mm. Um, so, uh, yeah. Uh, all right. Um, let's move on to another question. What movie had, Oh, what movie, which had a change of director, would you most like to see the original director's image of it? Conversely, what movie with the change of director are you most thankful had that change of director? No surprise here. I want to see Edgar Wright's Ant Man. Um, yeah. yeah, and me too. um, and uh, yeah, I mean uh, the the Ant Man the Ant Man we got is is totally fine, but uh, just want to see Edgar. I want to see what I want to see the movie that they had creative differences over. Uh, you know, <laughs> for Edgar Wright to make that movie. Um, yeah, like. We're spending our time online. We got movie fans trying to get the air cut 
of mm. the Suicide Squad, mm. and we should be directing our efforts at getting the Edgar Wright cut of <laughs> Ant-Man. I mean, that would be a much more worthy addition to the overall art on the planet. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, as uh, JC was uh, is mentioning here, I actually looked this up, uh, Jaws was supposed to be directed by Dick Richards until he talked about the creature being a whale. Um, yeah, the... the the director for Jaws kept referring to the shark as a whale all the way through it. And, uh, and the producers were like, eh, okay, we're not going to uh, have you on this project anymore. And, uh, they, they, <laughs> then they hired Spielberg who had just come off of the Sugarland express and, uh, uh, the rest is movie history, obviously movie uh, magic history. And, uh, um, and also Ratatouille didn't have a, really didn't have a director for a while. Just had a couple of, couple of guys kind of like shepherding the project and Pixar sort of like, uh, didn't like the direction everything was going. So then they hired Brad Bird. Yeah, he knew what he was doing. Mm-hmm. Turned it into one of the best movies Pixar ever made. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. I've already seen this a couple times in the comments, but my answer is Lord and Miller's Han Solo movie. Yeah, me it still too. blows my mind that that movie is a Ron Howard movie. Yeah, I know. Um, <clears throat> I, I like Solo, I think, a good deal more than the average fan. Mm-hmm. Um, but I still want to see their version of it. Um, <clears throat> and I don't know if they were going too broad with the comedy or what. And we'll never know. They were but, uh, that, from what I understand, it was supposed to be like Twenty One Jump Street comedy, basically. Uh, um, I see. That's that's why they that's why they were so hesitant to. Well, that's why they just fired them and said, "Look, we're just not we we can't do a, a solo movie this way." Now, in retrospect, the way that movie performed, don't you kind of want to see what the Lord and Miller version is? Uh, because you know i know a lot of people i mean i know some people like segments of that solo movie and like and like you said you like it better than most people um and i think that's the way star wars movies should kind of like the the direction a lot of star wars movies should go is this type mm-hmm. of this type of story um but uh but yeah it would have been i think it would have been better if it was lord and miller just just having a good old raucous comedy time with it what there's no harm in doing that you have the star wars ip if that doesn't work then you do another one later and say that didn't exist that's what you do all the time yeah Yeah. fuck fuck (laughs) fuck good answers in the comments Mm -hmm. um i see uh slab wishing he could watch Kubrick's uh Kubrick's AI I'm on that boat oh um, yeah for sure definitely it wasn't really a director change by choice uh but uh and I again I like AI a lot more than most people probably do mm-hmm. um what else do we see in here that is worth throwing out there um uh let's see <laughs> somebody says Mrs. Doubtfire NC-17 got yeah sure um <laughs> uh <laughs> Uh, brave before john last to replace brenda chapman with pixar vet mark andrews yeah because brenda chapman's the one who wrote that story and it was about her and her own her experiences with her own daughter and somehow pixar didn't like where that where she was going with it and so they just hired some dude to direct this movie about you know mother and daughter in it um hmm. uh hmm. let's see and uh oh yeah brian singer was on bohemian rhapsody um uh and uh apparently started not showing up and stuff like that but i didn't like bohemian rhapsody anyway so i don't even know if yeah. i'd like the brian singer version so maybe yeah. maybe maybe i would like to see that version maybe i'd just rather him not work anymore me too oh tarantino's star trek that's a good answer we'll never see that yeah that yeah fun. i know that'd be great all right let's go let's do another question all right question um what are two properties that should be in the same universe but aren't, such mm. as The Boys and Firestarter? Both have people or kids injected with something to gain powers. Okay, so I got a couple of uh, answers for this. Uh, Toy Story and Child's Play. Ooh. Um, Ooh. Uh, are, and 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 in general, I mean, if you've got a if you've got a Sid in Toy Story who's doing all this uh, fucked up stuff to his uh, toys, then you're definitely gonna have a Chucky somewhere. Um, and then uh, also, and these are these eras are not too far behind each other. 
or one of them is not too far behind the other. The Prestige and The Illusionist. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, both of those movies came out the same year. Um, and I think The Illusionist had just as much critical acclaim, although I like The Prestige a lot more than I like The Illusionist. But um, but just think about like getting Edward Norton in on this Christian Bale and, and Hugh Jackman uh, stuff, man. It would, oh, I mean, man. I mean, obviously the prestige ends in a certain way where you may not be able to, well, you actually still have two people who yet two people are still alive. At the, no, no, I guess, I mean, Jackman could have a clone. That, that's how you could, that's how you could get them. <laughs> that's how you could yeah, get them. Definitely. Anyway, that would, that'd be fun. I uh, I went back to my youth in the 80s and television shows, and I always, as a kid, felt like Knight Rider and MacGyver oh, should be yeah. working for the same organization. They both work for a nonprofit crime-fighting organization somehow, mm-hmm. the Knight Foundation and the Phoenix Foundation. Um, and they do similar stuff. You know, Michael Knight would be more of the hammer, and MacGyver would be more of the pen, and they both approach problems from different ways but in my in my mind as a kid they belonged in the same universe uh, now now i want to see it even more I yeah said it out loud <laughs> uh, uh, over here we got uh, apathy says oh brother where art thou and better call saul for the mcgill family line uh ha! slab says 21 <laughs> jump street and lethal weapon yeah yeah Ooh. uh shaggy Ooh. says matrix and lawnmower man absolutely <laughs> absolutely uh slab also says the net and hackers for sure yeah Ooh. especially Ooh. especially getting all that uh outdated 90s uh the net stuff in there with the woman from the bus um <laughs> uh jc says trolley pretty much pretty trolley here days of thunder and talladega nights uh <laughs> no one says knives out and sherlock holmes would be cool absolutely uh, another matrix cool. matrix and virtuosity yeah for sure we might as well throw disclosure and all of this too um I love virtuosity so yeah. much <laughs> <laughs> night rider and transformers yeah uh independence day and top gun maverick yeah um nice. uh, harry nice. potter and hot fuzz <laughs> 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 uh, johnny mnemonic and virtuosity really you could do a whole lot of like really cool 90s uh sci-fi combos yeah you and could. all of this so the matrix <laughs> and tron is another one i'm seeing on here so uh that question got oh, chat man. all lively and stuff and uh, yeah it did mm-hmm. um i think that's gonna do it for this week mm-hmm. guys leprechaun 3 is on peacock you you have one week um to watch it uh and be part of the conversation that i'm sure will be memorable as all hell Mm -hmm. yep absolutely this is gonna be a memorable episode for sure um all right guys uh well that'll do it i'm glad that all of you guys could uh, show up and uh, talk to us today and so uh we'll see you next week see ya Bye. Be a part of the live show by being a member of the Sin Club at Patreon at patreon.com slash cinemasins. Chat with us on the Cinemasins Discord at discord.gg slash cinemasins or Cinemasins Twitter at cinemasins and email any comments or questions to recotopia at cinemasins.com. That's R-E-C-O-T-O-P-I-A at cinemasins.com. What's up? How was the pumpkins? Was good. It's better than I they had been the last couple of times. Oh wow! Um, I don't know if they're just better uh, uh, musicians now. It's been years, but I've seen them twice recently. One Bridgestone show a few years ago, and then one at Ascend, and it always seemed like uh he was rushing through all the hit songs like let's let's play Mm. this hit song all right so you heard tonight tonight let's go and uh (laughs) and uh and uh then like you know the the newer stuff um they would play and i was like i really like this i don't know the song as well but he's obviously playing playing it with more passion than he's playing the old stuff 
last hmm. night it seemed like he just leaned into it leaned into all that old stuff and said you know i don't know if he's just a happier person now or or uh what or if they're just a better band or but it was hmm. really good uh really good i went to this craft fair with my wife mm -hmm. over the weekend and um we did not know Vanderbilt had a football game. Oh. Craft fairs at Centennial Park. We did not know Vanderbilt had a football game and that it was alumni weekend and that they had apparently not been able to hold alumni weekend for the previous two years. So oh. we planned to go to Ted's Montana Grill right there, kind of catty corner from the park. And we walked in and there's like 30 people waiting for a table. Mm. So we're like, all right, there's a bunch of restaurants down. If we just walk towards the park, we'll find something. Mm -hmm. And we ended up at this uh, brunchy place um, in the same strip that has P.F. Chang's at the end and mm -hmm. Fleming's up top. There's some kind of brunchy place there. It was really good food, by the way. But um, packed to the gills with college students. And they looked like infants. Like... Mm -hmm. The college students of today, this is just a sign of how old I am. They yeah. look like young high school kids. Yeah, yeah. And I don't, it's hard for my brain to wrap around that. Did we look that young mm -hmm. when we were in college? We sure my did. goodness. We sure did. You look, at, you look at pictures uh, from the era that we, when you were a college kid, you know? Yeah, you look like that. You look you look like a baby. Well, there probably are some uh, you know, prodigies out there who are like eight years old going to Vanderbilt. <laughs> oh man. I'm excited about tonight. I'm gonna have some food. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> it's gonna be rude. When does baseball start again? Today. When's the next Start, starts literally after we get off of uh, this program, and it'll be Braves Phillies. Ooh, I bet I know what you're doing after we get off this program. Uh, we just get, gave away a Future Sins video, but I guess that's not a huge surprise. Yeah, although we don't we don't actually have to put that part in there. Hint, hint. That's true, Jonathan. We have we have the power. <laughs> oh man, that Titans game was close. Yeah, it was scary. It sucked. I mean, it I was don't understand. fine. They won, but it sucked. It's weird. No, like a lot of teams I expected to be really strong, like the Colts and the Titans, are not quite there yet. The Colts are further away than the Titans are. Mm -hmm. And then you got teams like the Eagles and the Giants that are like really good that I thought we were expecting to suck. Mm -hmm. I guess this probably happens every year. I don't know. Eagles. <clears throat> Eagles may have been pick to be good when they got aj brown and oh that's right all that mm. but giants definitely weren't because you know no, there's nothing that they showed and look th again we're five games into the season so many teams are like a play away from being winless uh, and they're the top teams in the league so yeah. <clears throat> you know it's 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 one of those one of those things. There's some teams you can see who are clearly the best right now, but you know we'll really know in the next few weeks. Like who are these? Who are the teams that we really have to worry about? Looks like Kansas City, mm. Buffalo are still great. Yeah, yeah. The the Rams still look pretty good to me. Yeah, they they um, they're sucking though this year. The Rams. They haven't won much, right? They, they're th I think they're two and three. Um, yeah, and you know they got destroyed by Buffalo, and um, they've they've dropped a couple of games they shouldn't have, and I don't know, I don't know what to make of that team either. Football man, mm -hmm. can't live with it, can't escape it. <clears throat> I can't believe we're gonna. Go watch Leprechaun Three. I uh, know. It's almost like a. It's almost like <laughs> Solemn is trolling us on this. I, that's not the vibe I get at all. Like before uh, Austin even checked with him, he was like, "I bet he's gonna pick one of the Leprechaun movies." Oh my god! <laughs> well, who knows? We'll have. We may have a lot of fun with that. So. I'm. I mean, listen. I love the Wrong Turn franchise, and I don't think it could be that much better mm -hmm. than 
the leprechaun franchise. Um, I've seen whichever leprechaun movie Jennifer Aniston's in because we rented it in college. Yeah, it's the first one. The fir- the the I've seen the first one and uh, I didn't like it at all. Um, <laughs> um, I'm kind of surprised it even made it to sequels. Uh, but um, I'm one. I bet I don't have to see Leprechaun two to 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 appreciate Leprechaun three, but I may watch it. I don't know, man. I'm I, I'm probably I don't know. I think it might be more fun to go in cold. Like this one apparently goes to Las Vegas. Uh, okay. <laughs> All right. Is there a leprechaun in space, or is it, oh, do we know? Man. Do we know if he's made? I'll find the answer trip? to that question. I think he Le- has. Rukon movies. Oh lord, there's at least six of them. Oh wait, more. Okay, holy shit. Yeah, uh, Leprechaun Four in space. Uh, four. Uh, after that, after that came Leprechaun in the hood. Okay. Then Leprechaun Back to the Hood. Oh. Then Lepre- Leprechaun Origins. Then Leprechaun Returns. Holy There's eight of these shit. movies. <laughs> See now, I've got a lepre- I've got a Leprechaun collection. I don't know if it has all of those. The uh, the last two I named are pretty recent, 2014 and 2018. Hmm. Hmm. So those two were both made after we started making YouTube. Videos. I may, I'm, I may during the three minute countdown go and get that Leprechaun collection <laughs> and see what I got on it. That's just, it's just, I love discovering this kind of shit. Mm-hmm. Like I would have, I would have guessed maybe they made four, uh, but they've made eight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, because they're probably made- like really cheap to make. And then they just yeah. easily get that money back, at least get the money back, and then if not, make a profit, you know. So, imagine being in that kind of business, owning an IP that's like not a Marvel property, but it still puts people in big houses and, uh, yeah. you know, gives them a great living. You know, you, you you go to some du- some producer's house in California, and he's like, "Yeah, produce the Leprechaun movies." <laughs> <laughs> it's like, dude, this is huge. This is like five times bigger than my house. Yeah, I know. <laughs> you know, there's there's like millions of people who are just like, you know, <laughs> going around like, "Hey, would you like to contribute fifty grand to my movie?" And there and there's somebody like, "Yeah, I got fifty grand lying around." <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> go do go do go do movie stuff. Yeah. yeah. Oh man. Wait a minute. All you right, can hire Michael can. Bean for this? Hell yeah, I'll give you a hundred thousand. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn five dollars into one hundred and fifty dollars instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code Champion150. Then Place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low-net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands. And are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Hero.co. 